The Beat Church in Pflugerville, Texas. Bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. so good with the few announcements that we gave you more. He's faithful with little, be given much, right? Praise God. Um, You know, I was just, uh, during communion, just looking around, and y'all don't know each other's stories necessarily. Some of you do, some of you don't. The more you get connected, the more you know stories and stuff, but just looking around, you know, as we're like sharing and seeing people, it's amazing what God is doing. Because I'm looking around, I'm seeing people in recovery with their little babies uh, who are trying to come out of addiction and keep their homes together and showing up at church. I see somebody who has actually just had a surgery about a week, a significant surgery about a week ago, can't even make it up to get communion, and yet here at church to worship the Lord in the middle of adoption, uh, adopting a baby, or not a baby, a 15-year-old, which sometimes is a baby. (laughs) No slam on my teenagers, but hey, once in a while. Adopting a kid. I got people in here who have served the Lord for a long time and just have been faithful to know God. People that have been through every kind of struggle. People who have changed careers in order to take care of their grandparents just in the last couple of weeks. They have grandparents that are dealing with health issues and have literally changed careers to be able to work taking care of them. And just all these stories, and you see all these people coming together and just fellowshipping around the goodness of God. It's pretty amazing. And yes, sir. Oh, my computer crashed. Can you wait a minute to start preaching? No, just leave it off. We don't need it. Well, live stream, you can. I don't care, but I got a couple things to do before then, so you're good. Um, give Josh a hand. He's the tech guy around here. He's, he's trying to work his way up to one of these vests, and he's almost there. You're getting close, Josh. You're getting close. But, you know, the tech guy never gets any attention unless everything goes wrong, right? And so um, apparently something's going wrong, but who cares? Um, that's okay. What we're going to do right now is I'm going to do Servant Spotlight. Um, and um, it's such a bummer we don't have the slide because it's amazing. Do we not even have the slide for Servant Spotlight? Because that would just be great to have up there. If we can get that up there, that would be so cool because um, it has an amazing photo on there that I'd love for everyone to see. And this is for a mother and daughter combo who have served and served and served. Uh, they serve in all kinds of ways. They've served in uh, doing book clubs and doing worship and doing youth group and doing so many things. And so let's give Courtney and Adelie a hand and thank them. Come on, Adelie, come up. Let's see them. And we may miss this picture. If we miss this picture, it is most definitely going up on our Facebook page because uh, it is so important for you guys to see, um, especially for Adelie's edification because it's that cute. And so thank you guys. It's just a little mother and daughter outing for you guys to go do a little thing together. But let's give them a hand. They've been so faithful. Um, and then um, I want to bring Ozzy and Luma up uh, here. And Ozzy and Luma are new to the United States. They actually just came. Can you give me that microphone? They actually just got here a couple of weeks ago. Um, and they are here to do what we came here to do a few years ago. And that is to start a church. And so let's give them a hand. They're... That's, your, that's your rooting crowd over there. Uh, so they're, they're starting a church that is going to be a Brazilian-speaking church. 
Is that part of the, is that part of the applause? They're, the, they're starting a Brazilian-speaking church, um, and so we're going to have them. I'm going to have Ozzy share for just a second. Just leave it all off, and we'll just, I don't need any of it. All right, go for it. Hello. Just share a little bit about what you guys are doing here. Yeah, we just got here uh, in Austin uh, two weeks ago, and uh, I met Andy this uh, week, and uh, I was speaking with him that we have a vision from God to uh, this city to reach, you know, the Brazilian community here and the, all the immigrants that you guys have here. Yesterday, we went to uh, the, the final match of, uh, between Brazil, Brazil and Argentina. Mm -hmm. It's like Copa America. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> That's the real reason you came, but go yeah. ahead. Yeah, but we lost. I was sad, man. Yeah. We lost 1-0 to Argentina, yeah. But we were in the table with, like, a Mexican, a Panama guy, and came an, another guy from India, and they were like, oh, we love Brazil, we love Brazilian soccer and everything, and it was awesome, and we got their contact, awesome. and we want to reach those people, and we are happy to be here, and thank you guys so much for having us today, and we want also uh, to be close to Beat Church, it's been amazing what God has been doing through you guys, and I know that you are uh, also uh, new here in town. Mm -hmm. It's been three years. Yeah. Three years, and uh, this is inspires us, us a lot. So we want to have that, too, in a couple of years. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's stretch our hands out and pray for them. They, they came here on a religious visa to start a church. They don't have anything. They didn't have friends, family, money. So it's going to be really easy, just a breeze. <laughs> right? That's a challenge, isn't it? That's a challenge. If you've ever moved, ever restarted somewhere, done something, and they've done that because they really felt God's call on their heart to reach the Brazilian-speaking community here and all the immigrants. So uh, let's just pray and just believe with them. And let's hopefully, you know, they need people around them to support them, encourage them, love them, be their friends. And so as long as God puts them around here, let's do that. Amen? Let's do that, okay? Father, we just thank you, Lord, for Ozzy and Luma, Lord, just their heart to serve and to love and to care for people. And God, we ask that you would... Uh, bless their steps, Lord. Give them favor. Open the right doors of opportunity. Lord, give them provision, Lord. Friends, Lord, people that can help them with this vision that you've given them to uh, reach people, Lord, who are far from you, Lord, who need hope, who need, Lord, your love in their life. God, we pray for that right now, God, and we thank you for them being here, Lord. We're happy to have them, but we're happy to see the work that you're doing in their life. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys, thank you. Thanks for being here. You can just set that one down on your way out. Awesome. Let's give it, yeah, give him one more hand. How cool is that? I said, when we met, when we met earlier this week, I said, so, uh, you know, who's your team and what's going on? And uh, it's me and her. It's me and her and Jesus, right? God's with them, and we believe that God wants to, to touch a lot of lives. And it's going to be through more than just the beat church, right? There's a lot of other people that are needed to touch lives, and so we're all in this together. All right, let's pray. We're going to jump into God's Word. We're talking about heavenly-minded today, and uh, we're just going to uh, just go through some scriptures on that out of Colossians 3, and just see how God would work that in our own lives. So, Father, we thank you for your Word, and God, we pray that you would help us, Lord, to understand it, not just with our head, but, Lord, even in our heart, and God, that it would actually affect the way that we live our lives. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to jump right in. Colossians chapter 3, 
um, as we go into this, it's about being heavenly minded. It says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So according to this scripture, right, we are in a status of our, of our existence where we have died, but here we are. We have died. I mean, that's what they're saying. You have died. What does that mean? What does it mean that you have died? So set our minds on things above, right? Because you have, you have died. We're obviously still here physically, but Jesus talked about the whole concept that we have to be born again to enter the kingdom of God. In other words, something has to happen. We have to be born of the water. That's the birth in our, from our moms. You know, the water breaks. We're born of the body. We're born of the flesh. But then we're born of the spirit, that something else happens. We're born again into this new nature, this new person, this new way of thinking, this new way of living, and that the old has actually died. Now, if you've ever been around the dead, right? What do you do to make them comfortable? Like, how do you help them? My brother was uh, working his way through college in a mortuary. He sold coffins and things like that. And it's amazing how much money someone will spend on getting the upgraded coffin. Like, to get a really nice one. Like, you can get, like, the box, right? We got the wooden box. Or we've got, like, this one, which is, like, you know, a cherry wood finish, we got this one, it's like cherry wood finish with like a satin inlay, and it's got a, a ventilated cooling system, and the battery will run for 10 years. So it'll actually, the battery will last the entire decay process. So once it's dust, the battery will stop, but that's their dust by then. There's all these additions you can add to coffins, like literally to put thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars into making sure that this corpse is comfortable. How many of you would invest your money real heavily in that? Is that where you want to put it? The only coffin upgrade that I would actually really consider, FYI, and I don't even know if they do this anymore, but they used to do this. Now it's probably just a smart app. But you know in the old days, you used to be able to pay extra for a coffin that had a hole in the side of it, and there was a, uh, like a, a chain that came through, and that went up through a tube, out of the ground, and hooked to a bell. Just in case you woke up while you were in there. Now, I don't care if I'm dead, dead. I would pay for that just in case, you know, something happened and I woke up, right? And just pull the string. Ding, 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 ding. Somebody come and get me, right? I don't want to be under there. But you're typically not doing a lot to try to make the dead more comfortable. Why? Because they're dead. It's not a trick question. It's because they're dead. So let's think about that for a second while we go through this verse. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died. You're dead. Your, your old self is dead, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And so it says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. So all those comfortable things, all those things that make you feel better, in your flesh, in our old self, our old nature. It's like, don't worry about those anymore. Don't try to fulfill those anymore. In fact, you can actively just put them down, just put them to death, get rid of those things. There's an old poem when I was just coming out of addiction that I memorized. That was, it was uh, two natures beat inside your chest. One is evil, one is blessed. The new I love, the old I hate. 
but the one I feed will dominate. It's this idea that whatever I'm feeding is what's going to grow stronger and stronger. And so why would I want to feed and strengthen something that is supposed to be dying and being put away? And so we have this flesh, this old way of living, and I've got lots of old ways of living. My old ways of living were that I was a, a very extreme introvert, that I refreshed by getting away from everybody, that, you know, I went to addiction and things like that when I needed to de-stress and relax, that, you know, lots of anger to try to control my situation, all these things. It's like, I've got to put those things to death, and the things that feed those, I've got to stop doing so that then I can feed the new life, so that it can grow stronger, so that it can actually become what's dominant in my heart and in my reality. But here's some of the things that it talks about that belongs to that earthly nature. It says sexual immorality. Well, that doesn't just mean cheating on your spouse or something like that. That can be all kinds of things. That can be turning to pornography and to lust. That can be uh, running around doing things when you're not married with somebody. That can be all types of things, the shows that you watch, the things you do. But they're things that feed this fleshly desire Right for things that God has said are not good, like what God said that's not good. I know, but it feeds my flesh. I need that. Well, we're less concerned with that because our flesh is dying. We're not trying to give it food. We're not trying to build it up. And sometimes that's a painful process. But this is what the Bible is telling us: impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. Oh, I want what they have. Ooh, I want that. That's what I want. Boy, that's really nice. Where do I get that vest? So good looking. But sometimes we can have this desire for something someone else has. And you know, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like, oh, I want their money. Oh, I want their car. Sometimes it can be a good thing. Oh, I want their voice. Oh, I want their ministry. Oh, I want, they, they have a better family than mine. I just want their family. Was that bad? Well, kind of, if you're peeking through their windows and trying to, like, get their family. It can be really bad. Stop. But this desire to have something that belongs to someone else, right, it starts to change how we act and behave and how we think. It starts to change our own heart, our own way of doing things. And so if we allow that to come into our life, we become unthankful and ungrateful for what we have. And what happens, it begins to, in that unthankfulness and ungratefulness, right, it begins to remove us from experiencing the presence of God because the Bible tells us, that with thanksgiving and praise, it's like we're backing out of the presence of God or we're moving away from him because we're not thankful. And so this greed, this desire I want to have, and God said, well, bless this person. Well, I can't because I need to have enough for me. It stops us from doing the work of God in somebody else's life. And so it has this impact on us when we feed the flesh, this dying nature. It says, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Well, I thought God is only love. Well, God is love. But if I was to break into your house and you found me in your kid's bedroom in the middle of the night, would your love have a little wrath mixed in there? I'm sure it would. Why? Because what I'm doing is bringing harm to one that you love. Okay, when we're walking in things that are against God, that are sinful, right, it brings harm to the creation that God made, the people that he loves. And so God's wrath comes in. And his justice comes in to put a stop to that. So when we're living these ways, it does bring us into a position where we're going to cross path with God's wrath. It's going to come. And so we have to move out of that by pushing towards him. And so 
When it talks about put to death, the word here that it's actually talking about, this is a process it's giving us. So it's saying two things. One, we're dead, but then it says put to death. So in God's kind of way of looking at us, he says, you know what? This is dead. I've defeated this. Now I'm going to let you do some of the struggle. It's kind of like me going fishing with Stosh. He gives me the bait. He gives me the lure. He gives me the pole. He takes me to the spot where the five fish live. And he's like, throw it in right there. Basically, he's already caught the fish for me. But when I get it on the hook, guess what? I caught a fish. Like, let me stop. I'm reeling it in. Look at me. It's like God's already put to death our old self. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us the power. He's given us everything that we need to do it. And then he says, okay, now just take these steps. And we're like, look at me. I'm beating addiction. Look at me. I'm beating this. Look at me. I'm doing Well, it's because God's already giving us that power and that ability and that strength. But he does give us a part to play. He gives us a role to exercise. And so here's what that word put to death actually means. And it's from, the, it's from actually the Greek word nekru, which is a corpse. It's lifeless. And it says to view it as a corpse without life and to regard it as dead, inoperative, to mortify. Now, here's, here's the important thing to deprive it of life or energizing power, to cut off everything that energizes it. So when we're considering something to be dead, uh, you know, I'm not going to live in that anymore. We, we are to cut off everything that gives it energy and everything that gives it power. Everything that would add to it. Well, do you know what? I have an anger issue and, you know, I, I'm trying to get away from that. But boy, I sure like these movies where everybody keeps cutting each other's throats and stuff when they get mad. I go, hold on. Maybe that energizes this desire that you have to lash out in anger all the time. Is it adding to that? You know, well, you know, I just get depressed, but, you know, I've been battling depression all the time, but I just love listening to this music. Well, what's the music? Well, it's all depressing. Well, maybe that's energizing, adding life to, maybe it's feeding that spirit of discouragement. And so we're supposed to take, when we put it to death, we're actually taking that and putting it away, anything that energizes, that gives life to that way of living, to that way of doing things. And so that's part of what God's calling us to do. That's what the word means, was when we put that to death. So Colossians 3 verse 7 says, you used to walk in these ways. That's how we used to live. It says, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. And he goes on, anger, rage, malice, slander. Slander is one of those ones that's kind of, kind of slippery. So I'm not really slandering them. I'm just letting you know so that you don't fall into the same thing because they're really slimy people. And you probably should know about this. And so we start to talk and kind of just lay the groundwork of somebody not being a good person, of not having good character, of all these things. And so maybe that person's battling in their marriage to hold their marriage together and to be a better parent, and they need everyone around them encouraging and telling them, you can do it, you can do it. And yet I'm on the side over here telling somebody, yeah, you know, that we had dinner with them last week. They're at our house, and oh, my goodness. It was going pretty good, but what, they kind of got in an argument, and they had to go outside, and you know, by then the lasagna was cold, and was, they came back in. It was fine, but I mean, we ate cold lasagna because they can't even get along. So pray for them. Just pray for them. 
And we can lay the groundwork. Now, that person's thinking, oh, we were going to have them over, but that would be really awkward and weird. Plus, we don't like cold lasagna. So why would we invite them over? And so it starts to paint a, a picture of somebody that causes other people to say, I don't want to really be around them. And all of a sudden, that person finds them getting isolated. Yeah. Like, why doesn't anybody like me? Like, what's going on? When I went to Bible college, this happened to me. So I went to Bible college, and they were, I mean, I was perfect student. I mean, the day I walked into Bible college, the day I walked in, you could feel the glory falling from heaven. It's incredible. I walk in there, and they were so mean to me. Immediately. They were on me about every little thing I did. Everything. And I'm like, what's the problem? So I talked to them. I said, you guys, are, you guys are purposely singling me out. You guys are attacking me. Like, no, we're not. You just are somebody that needs to get your act together. Like, get it together. I'm like, you guys are attacking me. They're like, nope. So I'm there for the whole semester. And at the end of the semester, the guy that runs our whole dorm finally tells me. He's like, hey, man, we got to talk. I said, okay, let's talk. And he says, well, let's talk in private. I said, okay. We go kind of the side, we're talking private. And he says, I don't, man, he goes, I just, my conscience is killing me on this. He's like, I just want you to know, before you got here, man, they took us and they sat us down and they told us that we need to watch you because your brother, and yes, Zach, if you're watching, your brother who came here before you was a really, really difficult student. And when I say difficult, they had a balcony like this, okay? And they all got grounded to the dorms for doing obnoxious things. And the balcony went all the way around, and it was a center that looked down, and they were locked in there for the whole weekend, grounded, him and a few buddies. And so there was a fireplace down below. So they were literally taking furniture upstairs, throwing it over the balcony to break the wood, and they were using it to heat the fireplace. They were pretty crazy. And so the Lord's done a great work. <laughs> but he was there first, and then I came. And they're like right on top of me. And I'm like, what did I do? And they're like, well, you knew somebody that was throwing our furniture off the thing and burning it up. I'm like, well, take that out on him. I love furniture. I was a future furniture store owner in the making. They didn't even know that. <laughs> and so this was going on, but that slander, because people were talking about something that I wasn't even really involved in, and it was affecting my life in a negative way, right? But that happens to all of us. We find ourselves in situations where we end up saying something, or somebody's saying something to us, and we're like, I don't know if this is beneficial. Like, why are we talking about this? And so God's call on us is to not be like that. Don't be a slanderer. Don't talk about people that way. Filthy language should be thrown out from our lips. It says, do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices. And then this is why I brought my gear today because of the next verse. Verse 10, put on the new self. Put on the new self. Well, I got saved. I love Jesus, so I'm changed. Yes, on the inside, there's something happening, but then God calls us to actually literally do something about it, and that's to put on. So I put my vest on. I brought my goggles, which are amazing, and these are for, I'm actually going to sell these. These are electronic. So if I just put them on like this, I can't hear anything you're saying at all. If I turn this knob, I can hear you. So I can hear. 
If I turn it off, I can't. So I actually wear these at home now. It's done miracles for parenting, marriage, everything. It's fantastic. If I want to hear you, they're on. If I don't, they're off. And you can't tell which one I'm doing. I just smile. So if you want your life to be at total peace and be able to control everything with this, flick of a switch, come hit me afterwards. Come hit me afterwards. We'll get you these. And you can count your blessings, right? Because you have this on. This is a blessing. And these. Not prescription, but extremely safe and helpful to the eyes. So it's putting on. Now, if I put these on, what do you think I'm going to go do right now? I'm probably going shooting. Or maybe I'm going to go out and fix the potholes in the church parking lot. I could be going to do that. I'm putting on the gear. But when I put on the gear, you can tell I'm probably not going on date night. Right? I'm probably not going to the beach. I'm probably not going swimming. Right? You can tell by what I'm wearing, okay, that there's something happening. It's supposed to be loud. It's powerful preaching, Kim. It's powerful. But listen, you should be able to tell. You should be able to tell by what I'm wearing, where I'm going, and what I'm doing. You should be able to tell when you look at me and see what's on me, what I'm about, where I'm headed. Dude, that guy's probably going shooting. I don't know why he's got his earmuffs and his glasses on already because he hasn't even left the house. But he must be going shooting. You know, Jackson plays basketball. He leaves the house. He's got his jersey on, his shorts on. He's got a ball in his arm. You look over and you go, oh, he must be going to play basketball. Right? You can tell. What's happening? You can tell what's going on because you can see it on how the person's dressed. When someone looks at your life, can they tell that you're going to heaven? Can they see that? Can they look at you and say, you know what? That person must be going to heaven because they're already starting to wear a heavenly style. They've already got it. Look, man, they got the look. They got the joy. They've got the peace. Look at them. They're walking in forgiveness. They're walking in love. They're walking in care for others. Man, they've got something about them. You can just look, look at what they're wearing. They don't fit in around here. I put this on. I just go walking around. People are like, uh, dude, what are you doing? Like, that doesn't fit in here. If you look and fit in perfectly in the normal world that we're in, that's probably not a good thing. Because we're not going here. We're not made for here. Our ultimate destination, our ultimate purpose is heaven. And we're supposed to start putting that on now and changing the way people see us now. And they start to go, oh, where are you going? Well, I'm going here. Guess what that does? That allows other people to become interested and invited. Ooh, wow, you're looking really good today. Where are you going? Oh, we're going to this banquet. Oh, can I go? Can I go? Well... Yeah, I'll see if I can get you in. Because they can see it happening. Right? The boxing gym right behind us here. Pastor Art and Hyro are over there working that. Right? Guys show up. They jump out of their car. And we're getting ready to have a business meeting over here. And the guy jumps out. He's got punching gloves on. And 
his muscles flexing. He's probably not coming to the business meeting, but you see him and he's like, yeah, I'm about to go punch some people in the face. Say, can we go? We want to hit somebody. Because you can see it. You can see in how they're dressed and how they look and what's going on, right? And so this is what happens. So here's how this should look. Here's what we should be putting on. It says, put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there's no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. So it's saying it doesn't matter who you are. We're all asked to do the same thing. Change our clothes. Change how we live. Change our attitudes. Change how we think. Change how we act. Put on something different. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself. Here's what you put on. Clothe yourself with compassion. Well, how do you do that? If you're in an area and somebody's hurting, and people know they're hurting, they're suffering, they're going through something. As a Christian, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, as somebody heavenly-minded that's going that direction, somebody should look over and go, well, out of this whole room, that, that person right there seems to really care about what this person's going through. Look, they're going over to talk to them. They're going over to sit with them. They're going over to help them. They care. They're investing in their life. They have compassion, kindness, humility, not arrogant, not proud, not boastful. It's not, well, it's not all about me, but humble. Not always trying to show off to be the best person, but having a humility about things. We've all been around people that are proud and arrogant, and some of us have been around people that are humble. People should be able to tell by that and say, you, you, you got a different thing. Because in this world, the clothing of this world is the opposite. The clothing of this world is you're out for yourself. It's not about humility. It's all about self-promotion, right? Everything from social media to business to celebrity to promotions and jobs, for the most part, it's all about can I promote myself better than the next guy? Can I get more likes, more followers? Can I get more prestige? Can I get more on my resume? Can I get more of this? Can I get more of that? And so it's all about if I can pump myself up enough, that will help me to better my life. That's the world's clothes. So when you see somebody else and they're trying to promote other people. They're trying to lift other people up. They're trying to encourage somebody else. Or somebody's trying to give them the credit. And they're like, you know what? Yeah, I, I did do that. And that's great. That's awesome. But have you met this guy? This guy's doing some awesome things. Have you met this guy? Boy, she's amazing what she's doing. Because we're promoting lifting other people up. And they go, well, that's different. You're, you're wearing something different than everybody else. What is this? Why, why, why do you care about promoting other people? You know that doesn't benefit you, right? You know if they get the promotion, you probably won't, Right? You know, if they get, it's going to hurt you. But it's moving out of that, putting on a different mindset, a different heart, a different way of living. Gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Of all these things, this compassion, this kindness, this gentleness, this caring. And can people tell that you are clothed differently, that you look like heaven in the way that you live, in your posts on social media? I mean, that's as simple as, you know, 
I don't like to get real political, but that's as simple. It doesn't matter which political side you're on, but that's as simple as you have nine months of I love everybody, God loves people, praise the Lord, you're good or whatever. And then during this certain time when everybody's voting, it's like you guys are the devil and you guys are awful and you guys are crazy and you guys are, and then the three months is over, it's like, bam, hey, everybody loves each other. Like, are you consistent? Are you consistently loving? Are you consistently caring? Are you consistently trying to reach out? And you know what? If you think that this other person has really bad things going on, if that's politically or just in person, you think, oh, they're awful. Are you praying for them more than you're talking about them? The Bible says that. The Bible says pray for your leaders, pray for your governors, pray for those in authority. Are you praying for them? Is there a difference in how you live versus how other people live? Are you forgiving? Are you still holding on to that grudge? And so there's this whole way that God wants to look differently. And these are the things when we talk about the Holy Spirit, which we've been talking about for the last month or so, is the Holy Spirit, it's not just this idea that the Holy Spirit comes in and then gives us all this like fuzzy feelings and we're all laughing on the ground and we're all like, you know, speaking in tongues and doing all these things. Now, does he do that sometimes? Yes. I've been places where people are falling on the ground and they're laughing and doing things. And praise God, some of it was fake. Yep. Some people were just waiting to jump on the ground and roll around. And some people that I know for a fact would never do that and desperately needed it found themselves laying on the ground laughing and crying as God ministered to their heart. And so there's a mix. But is that the point? Well, the point of any of that, even that, is to refresh and to build up the spirit. Why? So that then we can do this. We can live in a way that's different from the world so that when people see us, we're like, wow. I like your fashion. I want to get some of that. I want to change. I want to be like that. How do I do that? And then we point them towards God, and love binds it together. Verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts, peace in our heavenly reality, even while we live through our temporary earthly struggles. So we have a peace in our heart and a peace because we know where we're going, even though maybe we're going through struggles in this current reality that God's moving and working in us. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so God's call for us is that when we go not just through good times, but when we go through bad times, struggles, that people can see him at work in us. You know, Ozzy and Luma starting a church. I pray it goes 100% smoothly perfect. And part of that smooth perfection will be trial and struggle. Just is reality. And as they struggle and work through the trial of starting this thing, the people that God gathers around them will be watching them and going, how are you staying peaceful? How are you doing this? How are you trusting? And that will be part of the discipleship, part of the mentoring process. And somebody say, well, are you discipling or mentoring the people that you're with? And they'll say, well, we don't have a program yet. We don't have like a six-week program. But the people that are with them are watching them trust the Lord for their finances and trust the Lord for their family and trust the Lord for the work they're doing and watching God. And they're being discipled and being mentored by watching how they live. 
That's how God made it. That's how God intended it, that we are all encouraging and building each other up because we're watching each other live and we're doing this thing together. And so that's God's call on our life. And so I'm going to wrap this up with prayer, but I want to actually pray. This is a little different wrap-up of prayer. Um, I want to pray for somebody here that is living this to a very high degree right now and would never, ever put themselves out there to be prayed for or to talk about it. Um, but just to put some skin and bones on this, Laura Roca back here in the back. So I've known her for a few years. Uh, we met up at Panera Bread a couple, about two and a half years ago, probably two years ago. And um, really, truly gave her heart to the Lord back there as far as she'd come out of some, some different religious things, but really understanding like God loves me, God's for me, I'm giving my life to Jesus. We pray, we baptize her. And her husband got hit by a car, and by a semi, big car, someone called it a truck, hit by a semi, took him out of his career, he's been through surgeries and all types of things trying to recover from that. In the meantime, while working to provide for her family, right, what would the world do? What would worldly clothing, what would our flesh, what would our old self do? Probably depression, anger. All those things, right? The Lord is, she constantly is pressing into the Lord and saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? She's working, providing for her home. She's taking care of her grandkids because some of her, uh, their parents have been able to do that. So she's actually been housing and taking care of her own grandkids. Then she started fostering with two foster kids, three foster kids. And she's told me this morning, she's in the middle of adopting a 15-year-old. And so in the middle of all of that, and she's still having to work and try to pay bills, in the middle of all of that, she's doing that. And when you talk to her, guess what? She talks about the joy of the Lord. She talks about peace. She talks about trying to help. She talks about God trying to use her to touch people's lives. I have no idea how Laura does that. No idea. She just had, when was your surgery, Laura? Last Tuesday, she had a significant surgery. She just tried to make it up here to get communion. She made it up to about the third row back there and had to go sit back down because she couldn't make it up here to get it. But she's here. Not only is she here, but she's in the middle of an adoption. And she's got foster kids, and she's taking care of her husband. She's doing all these things. Why? If you look at her and you watch her life, you say, that doesn't fit this world that's all about me. What's going on in your life? What's going on in her life is she's already living with a heavenly mind is that I'm here to serve. I'm here to care for people. It's not about my comfort, just my happiness, just my thing. I'm here to, to serve and to open my life and to open my home and to open my heart and to take my skills and abilities to bless others and to point them towards God. And if you watch your life, if you watch your life, then that's what you see. And that's how we all can be inspired to live. It's to be able to do that. And we're all doing that in different ways, but just know that people are watching you and your life can be an inspiration if we live that way, amen? All right, let's, put our, let's just stretch our hands towards Laura back there. We're gonna pray for her and just, uh, just pray God's encouragement, pray that God just lifts her up because she wouldn't say it, but boy, I bet you that's gotta be a heavy load and get tiring at times once in a while. Maybe once every six months you might get tired. But nope. All right, Father, we just pray for Laura. God, we thank you for her example. 
Lord, we thank you that she is just, Lord, tenaciously determined to live for you. God, to live heavenly-minded, to be a blessing to others. God, not to complain, Lord, not to put, uh, Lord, on the clothing of this world, Lord, which is selfish and grumbling and uh, self-centered and, and against other people. But, Lord, she just is always trying to bring an encouragement and a blessing. She has compassion on kids. She has compassion, Lord, on orphans. Lord, she has, Lord, your kindness, Lord, to do good things for them and to put her life out there, your generosity, your love, your care. Lord, she is living out what we're talking about today, and I pray that you would bless life examples all around us, Lord, that we can encourage each other by the way that we're choosing to live. And I pray that you'd touch her and bless her in that, Lord. Touch us all and bless us all in a way that we can do this, Lord, in a way that brings you glory and that gives other people hope. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Guys, thanks for being here. I love you guys. There is snacks and there's drinks and stuff over there. But be encouraged. And if you're going through a hard time, you're like, you know what, this sounds good, but I don't know how to do it, man. I'm just struggling. Come grab somebody and let them encourage you, pray for you, and talk to you, okay? Because you can get back up, you can move forward, and you can walk in what God's called you to do. Oh, and up here is the Bible. We're doing a seven-day Bible study on Heavenly Minded. So if you scan that with your phone or if you go on our Facebook page, it'll take you to that Bible study. And we can all do that together. And you can actually comment, read other people's comments. And it just lasts seven days, so just jump in and read with us. You'll be greatly encouraged by that. Take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.